to Internet Marketing for Humans, digestible internet marketing insight and advice to help you grow your business. Hello, welcome back to Internet Marketing for Humans. I'm your host, Andrew Laws. And as you know, if you've listened before, I like to gather gather around me interesting people. So this is um, one of those lovely episodes where I've got someone to speak to. This is my friend Luke Littleboy, who I've known for many, many years. But Luke, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I think we knew each other when I was underage drinking in pubs in, in Ipswich and playing punk rock shows. So, uh, <laughs> But since then, um, what have I been doing since being a punk rocker? Let's see. So um, I started, started my time in PR uh, working for, uh, actually, of all people, the police, which was... Um, really interesting. But then I went agency side and started doing a lot of search marketing, which of course I know is is uh, the sort of thing that you get up to these days, Andrew, and have done for many years. Um, but I've been lucky enough to have quite a varied background as well. And I've worked with, what I loved about my time in search marketing was working with um, small, medium-sized businesses. Uh, my dad's always been a small business owner for, for a lot of my life. Um, I was going to say, your dad's not a small businessman. I've met him. He's, <laughs> he's not a short person. <laughs> no, quite. But he, um, so, and I really like helping out one of the things I like about search marketing is you can do it relatively low cost and very quickly, and um, and then you know you can you can get. I always call it punk rock marketing, uh, hence my background. But the, yeah, and um, I've um, I've said that a lot over the years. But uh, I like since that. then I, I then like I then got more involved in creative uh, the creative side of things, and um, I've worked at big big creative agencies um, that have a, a sort of national re- reach, and I've worked in financial service sector for very well known banks, etc. Um, but then more recently, I've been at a small independent creative agency, which has been really good fun, um, based in Norwich, and uh, I've been working on st- still fairly big clients to be fair but but also a really good mix some some small and medium-sized businesses as well um what that's basically done i'd like to say it's given me a really good my linkedin profile should probably say i have a holistic view of marketing but to be honest <laughs> yeah, with but you, that's what everyone that's says, what everyone says. <laughs> to be honest with you i think it means more i'm a jack of all trades master of none but uh what i do enjoy i think is basically just trying to solve a problem i think that's the bit the biggest thing when you speak to a client for the first time and they say um either you know not not enough people come to the website or we can't sell enough of this or whatever it might be and then you're trying to figure out okay let's break this down and let's try and solve a problem. And that's what I like. And whether you're dealing with a big, you know, blue chip client or a bloke who's selling jackets out of a port cabin, you know, it's for me, that's that's the fun of it, you know. And I agree entirely. And as you know, I've been doing this a while and it's the same sort of thing. That's why I kind of I'm introduced or, you know, someone asks to say what I do. I do SEO or I am yeah. SEO because I think it's a state of mind as much as anything else. But I, I, I kind of wince slightly because that's not always the answer. I mean, we've we've had done episodes in the past about when SEO can be the worst thing you can do. Um, but it's yes, yeah, it's, it's problem solving, isn't it? Now, mm-hmm. one of the reasons things we're going to talk about tonight is at the moment we're recording this in on the twenty first of April two twenty twenty, and things are not as they have been previously at the moment. So. I've kind of done done talks in the past about long-term planning and about goal setting and, and things like that. But one of the things I want to speak to you about, with especially with some of your corporate experience, is what do you do when your long-term plan gets shot to shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Well, you know what's been really interesting, I think, in light of everything going on? I've had clients who um, are dealing with... You know, they, they are massive national clients, and um, they... They've done workshops with me and and with colleagues in the past, and 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 they've tried to reflect on their brand, or that they were going to have a, a, a rebrand or whatever it might be, and then nothing's happened because the day to day takes over. We all get busy uh, mm. in normal circumstances, and uh, and then we all just plow on, don't we? And one of the things I always think is interesting is whenever you think you've had a busy day or you've been productive, 
and we're all guilty of it. And what you realise is you've probably just been answering a load of emails or, 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 mm. or on Slack and dealing with a lot of instantaneous things. You've been reactive. I'd never know how truly productive that is. Um, and it's been really remarkable to see so many clients coming back sort of saying, a lot of the leads have dried up. What should what should we be doing? Um, and, you know, f- it depends obviously on who it is and what, what the problem is. But... I wondered if we could just bounce ideas today about some of the basics and in some of those situations, some of the things I've been talking to clients about, and I know this sounds so simplistic, but just getting into Google Analytics and taking a look at it. You know, some people, if they don't have a dedicated person to be doing that, and and I, we're not primarily a search company who I work with or work for, um, so it's not like we're necessarily doing that month to month for them, we're doing other things. Um, you know, one of the things I've said is, well get into analytics is it in order where who are your customers where are they coming from you know what 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 is thing what are things looking like year on year and that kind of thing um so that's been one of the most interesting things that even though i'm dealing with some people who are you know very let's say very big national clients suddenly we're dealing with absolute basics that even if you are that chap in the porter cabin selling coats or jackets whatever it might be on 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 ebay we're really dealing with the same kind of thing you know it's a i think what what there is is something of an opportunity here to kind of start reflecting um and that can be on your brand that could be on how you're being you know how, how is your website presenting yourself but also it could just be getting your house in order and getting your ducks in a row do you know what i mean i, I absolutely i mean kind of when you do marketing planning i think it tends to fall into two categories there's in an ideal world this is what we would be doing but quite often it's in reality this is this is where we find ourselves and I, in general, I try not to do marketing in a, in a too much of a reactive mm. way, but sometimes something can just sideswipe you so massively that that you kind of have to do it. But I think you're right. This, if if you're in a situation where your your normal your normal kind of progress and your normal kind of key performance indicators kind of turn into nonsense, mm. this this is an opportunity just to take the long view, just to stand back and you know, even if it's someone you've been working with for years and years, you can say, okay. Let's look back over our relationship. Let's figure out what worked well. Let's figure out what we found challenging. Let, let's let's you know and, and make plans for some when some sort of normality returns. That's really important as well because um, basically our, 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 the head of strategy at the agency I work for, uh, born in Norwich, um, very clever guy, and he was um, talk. Uh, he's given a few presentations recently to some clients, and um, a couple of the examples that he gave of what brands have done in the short term. Um, have been really interesting. So, uh, for example, I mean, you must have seen that Google, of course, recently have just been offering business guidance um, for small businesses on how to use Google tools uh, for the first time, even as basic as... Obviously, it's there to make money in the longer term, but in the short term, um, it's it's very useful. They've got a utility that they can... Which, sorry sorry to cut cut you off, Uh, because, I mean, the Google advice... For Google Ads, I'm always super skeptical about because you know I've been part of the partner program mm. and I'm not here just to just to crap on on Google, the Google Ads sure. team because a lot of them are very very good. But out, outside of things that directly result in money leaving <laughs> clients' kind of wallets, so you, you say they're offering kind of more more sort of feet on the ground advice for the what what are the tools exactly? What what, what we've seen? 
Oh, well, I mean, I'm talking about literally getting into your business listings and being able to update oh, yeah, the opening yeah. times, things like that. You know, there's been blog posts and emails going out around that. Um, you know, they, my point is they've identified a utility that they have, something that's part, core part of their offering, and they're offering mm. advice on how to use it better. So that's obviously something that's, that's useful to people. In the short term, at least, it's free, uh, but it does have a benefit to their brand. Um, a BrewDog are the other good example um, where they started creating hand sanitizer quite early on because they'd identified, well, mm-hmm. we, we make alcohol, so we should probably be doing something to, to, to help out here. Um, so that kind of um, altruistic element, I think, is is really, really important. Um, so it, it, I think it's been interesting to see how some brands in the short term have reacted to this. But in, to your point as well, and I think the one that we're, we're getting at is that's all very well and good. That's kind of the short-term element. But I think now we we have to be looking a little bit ahead towards what do people need? What are people going to need mm. when they come out of this? Uh, and, and when we do get back to some kind of normality or, or, or whatever it might be, you know, on the other side, what, what is that audience need going to be? Um, and how is your kind of category going to change? Because... Um, you know, it could well be. I, I think the world will be a fundamentally different place. I don't. I wish I knew what that looked like. But um, I think starting to do some forward planning, and and it's not even about. Let's face it, it's not about thinking about one scenario anymore, is it? It's about thinking hmm. of sort of three possible scenarios. Or so this is this is best case, medium case, and worst case. How, it's, how do it's we get out of that one? It's fascinating, and I, I mean, I was going to apologize uh, apologize for finding it fascinating, but. I, I don't think it's a negative thing to to have change thrust upon you and and to kind of enjoy it. I mean, obviously, it's, I'm not enjoying mm. the grim side of everything, but but the opportunity to say, okay, well, let's let's just let's look at this fresh new world and see what we can do. I mean, the the way that majority of my clients are dealing with this is the ones that have had to cease publicly operating, as it were. There, well, we are spending the mm. time. First of all, doing all the housework, you know, jobs that, that, God, this is like my parents' house, I've just Mm. realised. We're doing all the housework jobs that have been needing to be done for ages, but have sort of fallen into the would-be-nice-to-have rather than essential thing. My dad's over 70, so he's he's kind of in full lockdown. My mum went out to B&Q and bought him loads of cans of paint and he's decorating the house, which I don't think he's thrilled about. So, (laughs) so yeah, now's now's a good time for a lot of businesses to, to kind of decorate the house. Actually, I've got... I've got mm, a, just absolutely a, ever such a tangent because because you know the guy and um, the pub in Ipswich Steamboat uh, Luke Luke's Ipswich boy and say we we know each yeah. other kind of through music Andy the landlord <laughs> obviously shut his doors a long time ago but but being being a decent guy yeah. and being altruistic not in a way to to gather any attention in any way he started asking other restaurants around Ipswich for the food that they were going to have to waste because obviously there's a lot of lot of people. In, in the food and hospitality industry, I've got fridges full of food that was going to spoil. So he took it off them, cooked it up, and has been supplying it to the staff at the hospital and, and oh, anyone fantastic. else who kind of yeah. needs it. And the funny thing is, because he's he's certainly not done that for, for any reason other than because he thinks it's the right thing to do. And there's a brilliant picture of him floating around Facebook because he was interviewed on telly. And he looks so <laughs> sheepish. <laughs> he looks so kind of like, oh, no, I'm just, just going yeah. about my business here. <laughs> Anyway, so there's there's a heartwarming little little tale, but okay, so cool. So people kind of doing housework. Uh, I mean, you, we're talking about trying to plan mm. for an unknown that that may occur. I mean, can you give me some examples of 
some sort of takeaways that we can give people listening to things that they could be thinking about now we've we've done analytics and that's god that's almost worth an episode on its own because it's it's fascinating um so what other things do you think kind of business owners or people responsible for marketing can can be getting into right now Sure. So, I mean, analytics is definitely one and, and, and actually trying to understand. I think it's such, the, the bigger thing on analytics, though, is trying to understand your audience. And I think when people are being very reactive and that the orders are coming in, uh, that's not necessarily something that people are thinking about. And so for me, it's Google Analytics is one way of wrapping up, but it's really what is your audience doing? Uh, and so long as your some of your customers, if they haven't been furloughed or whatever, is this an opportunity to even just pick up the phone and do some ser- customer surveys? And if the website, if we're, if we're going purely through the lens of your website at the moment, um, is this an opportunity to actually start asking people how how they find things on your website? You know, is, is it easy to use? Um, are the product descriptions there? Have they got the information that they need? Uh, and then even if it, it's not that, then there's other things that you can be doing from your desk, I think, which is just literally going, you know, go through your website and start to sense check the content. Is it, is it old? Does it need a refresh? Um, if that if there are things you've been putting off, you know maybe now's the now's the time to start looking at it. Uh, but like I said, um, I think the the other thing to do would be sort of scenario planning um, and it, look completely different depending on who your client is. But one of my clients in particular, they know that they um, need to hit a certain point at a certain time this year. They know there is a market there; it hasn't disappeared. Um, however. Um, the 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 world they're dealing with, of course, is very very different. So um, the the market they're dealing in um, is all about the long tail, uh, and it's all about Sorry, the communications. Luke, just lo- long that, tail. That so I tried I tried not I tried to stamp on kind of industry oh, tech. Sorry, sorry, long yeah, tail. You're right. You're so right <laughs> to do it to me. But basically, of course, if you if you're if you're going to um, you know, hop onto a website and just buy something. I mean, I, I've been giving my Amazon account a good workout over the past few days um, because my wife's pregnant, so we're on proper lockdown. Um, so quite often, I'm buying stuff that um, obviously I, I that, that I need instantly. Um, a, a longer tail, I'd say, is, is is if there's a longer decision making. The example I always give is buying a car. So um, if no one wakes up one morning knowing the exact kind of car they want to buy, it's all about um, okay. I think I might want to buy a car. Uh, do I have enough money? Okay, what kind of car do I want? What is this car versus this car? And then by the time you get to the end, in a very kind of long tail, you've gotten you've gotten to a point hopefully where you've made a decision. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of uh, in terms of the client I, I'm dealing with. People are making a decision over a very long period of time. They're making a decision over actually a couple of years. Wow. Um, and so so it's a big big purchase that they're making. And uh, we know that the market's still there. And we know that thanks to some uh, audience insight that we've managed to conduct um, directly with some of those customers we, uh, working with a, a data agency. Um, and uh, in fact, that's a really good point as well. Data agencies at the moment are offering really good discounts. So it's a, it's a good time to get in there. Um, ad, ad space as well. I, I, and we should have planned an agenda for this. But <laughs> the, the other opportunity is like a lot of ad space, TV advertising, suddenly really cheap um, because uh, because so many people are pulling campaigns that have been planned for such a long time. But the, the client I'm, I'm dealing with in particular, people are making the decision over kind of two years. Uh, and, and my client is obviously pushing out a lot of messaging toward them over that two-year period as they're making the decision giving them lots of advice uh, in through uh, email marketing, um, through uh, um, 
kind of remarketing. So if they've clicked on an ad and engaged in an ad, then it's sort of following them around the mm. internet. And of course, the the awful way of doing that is just having your brand logo or ever follow them around the internet for, for, for ages. The nice way of doing it is trying to tell a story as you go yeah. with, 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 with a lot of uh, different content that uh, and, uh, and pushing people through to different parts of your website that people might find useful at that point where they are in their decision making. Um, but yeah, the client I'm dealing with at the moment, we, we know thanks to Audience Insight that the market's still there. We know people are still going to make this big purchase uh, when they finally get to that point. But of course, it's now around, okay, what messaging have, are, we, are we sending out to them? Is it insensitive uh, in light of, I mean, KFC had to pull their um, campaign recently, uh, the finger licking campaign, uh, which was, <laughs> so which was this big. That. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. So it was, it was this big uh, above the line, which again, lingo, I just mean um, massive national broadcast campaign that you see on the TV. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it's called it was finger licking good, playing on their old slogan. But uh, it was it was a sort of slow mo videos of people licking their oh, fingers. That just sounds grotesque, so KFC, anyway. <laughs> I know exactly. But KFC had obviously made a very quick decision to pull this multi million pound you know campaign very very quickly. Um, but there's a lot of things that are probably scheduled in your email marketing or whatever it might be, or even on the website. You know, on the website, are you telling people to pop in and see us for a visit? Mm. You know, what, what are the things that suddenly just seem completely um, out of touch and, 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 and in, at worst insensitive? Um, so, so that's there. And uh, yeah, with, with the client I'm talking about, I know I'm jumping around a bit, but we're basically scenario planning. We're basically looking at um, all of the different things we think that might motivate people in the coming weeks and months, um, depending on, and, and you've literally got the calendar out and you're looking at when you know certain things are going to happen and you're sense checking it against, okay, is that still going to happen or is that changed now? How are people going to feel about that? And a lot of it is just guessing and, and guesswork um, and doing your best. And, and like marketing. I said, you, <laughs> marketing, you try- marketing is guesswork with testing. <laughs> it's not really, but I'm being cruel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so and so that well, you were completely right, by the way. Um, but that's so that that that's one thing we're doing is sort of scenario planning for the long the the, the long term. Um, but and looking at the messaging that's going out to people, and then thinking about different different things we might have to do as as time goes on. Um, there's things in your marketing calendar, things that you might be have planned for a long time. That again, to use an awful term, but things to dial up and things to dial down. Mm. And there might be some activity that you think, well, that's no longer relevant or people aren't going to be as interested in that. But then there's other things that you think, well, hold on. Um, mental health or whatever it might be is now really important. So that particular piece of activity that was around mental health or, or whatever it might be that's now important to our audience is something we have to dial up. Um, you know, could be could be anything. I think this, this highlights the importance of creativity, though, in, in any in any marketing. The, the kind of the ability to very quickly fall back and adapt I mean, if mm. if I was going to hire someone, you know, if if I was in my client shows, that's that's absolutely something I'd look for, because because marketing it isn't black and white. I mean, I was I was joking when I was saying that marketing is guesswork with testing, but <laughs> it, it's often not a bad starting point. Okay, so there's there's some there's a kind of a good perspective from kind of quite a large company just to kind of chuck in, um, chuck in my penny worth. Kind of had a client who has a loyal audience. Of probably, I'm going to say sub ten thousand, but you know, good people who who will buy from him once a year or twice a year, and it's a fairly significant kind of cost thing. And 
he we had a conversation along similar lines saying you know the the market shifted actually he's he's in um hospitality it's a holiday let place i've mentioned him before on the podcast it's a company called wood farm yeah. barns and we were saying right well obviously people can't come stay that, that's it you know it's it's finished so yeah. for now, so so what are we going to do? And we we were talking a, just an insane length about the best way to handle it and the best way to figure out what the customers want. You you were talking about kind of perhaps larger clients use data mm. companies, but mm. we you know, just just to kind of give you the more sort of any any every man or every woman accessible end of that, we just put a post on his Facebook page saying, look, we don't know what's going on. We're not the experts. What what do you want us to do? And we actually said, mm. we said, look, two 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 um, response poll. We said, do you want us to try and give you information relating to this? It's a dog friendly holiday let. So we were like saying, do you want us to try and give you the best information and research information to help dog owners during COVID, yeah. or do you want us yeah. to post loads of daft crap? And yeah. about eighty five percent of people said post loads of daft crap. And that's yeah. exactly what we've done. And what's happened is the engagement has... It's its a, not alarming because it's good, but I have never seen <laughs> such a massive increase in, in consumer engagement. No one's giving giving any money at the moment because they can't. But when, you know, when the time comes to... that they will be able to buy from my client again, it's going to be in mm-hmm. a great position. You know, this, this, this sort of mix of positivity and creativity, I think at the moment is is more important than ever. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I'm really pleased that you gave that example because there's two things there. There's one, I, I, love, um, I love the fact that basically you said up front, I'll ask the audience and, and, and basically that we don't know. It's for that humble. Mm. I think that humble tone of voice is so important. Just say, look, we don't know what's going on. Um, and and, and you know, how, how would you like to sort of work with us or how, how would you like to engage with us and I think that's really great and and then like you say f- putting a cynical hat on for a minute and I, but I mean but with tongue firmly in cheek the fact that you're pu- posting a lot of fun stuff you're then front of mind when they do want a holiday late in the future and, and that's we, there's no yeah, shame we, in that I think everyone's everyone's there with that transaction we, we want it to be as far away from possible as possible from uh, let me give you an example I'm getting an email from web hosts I haven't used God, well over 10 years. Clearly, they, mm. they're, they're not following GDPR. My email address is still lurking around. So a message from our yeah. chairman. I couldn't give a shit what their chairman thinks. <laughs> I really could. Yeah. If I want information yeah. about about how COVID-19 is, is affecting me and my family and my work and everything, I'm not going to wait for an email from a web host or, you know, I forgot one from a food company as well. I couldn't give a shit what they think. <laughs> I'll go to the government. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll look elsewhere for that. So I, I think just asking your kind of audience what they want it's not going to mm. do any harm i think it can only be a good thing no one's going to get shocked mm. by that are they i don't think anyone's going how dare you ask what i want it's ultimately that's what most humans want they 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 want their opinion to be asked and they want to be listened to so i would say if you're going to ask if you're going to ask the question be sure as hell you can follow up on whatever they want <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, but I do think that, that, not to be too kind of pseudo-intellectual about it, but if this is a once-in-a-century event, like this is literally, literally, and I hate saying literally when I mean figuratively, <laughs> I try and stop myself from saying it, but I do mean in this sense, literally the biggest social change since the first, uh, Second World War. Mm. Uh, and I think that what that means is the rule book is like firmly ripped up. So kind of rules of engagement are now different. And, and so long as you're humble, I think, and 
um, and 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 uh, authentic with people. Um, then I think that that's really the most important thing, right? It is. I mean, just from a very subjective, very personal point of view, I like the fact that this is appearing to quieten a lot of the greasy sales sales and marketing that that has been floating around. You're never going to get rid of it. But a lot of the kind of the strong arming, the lot of the, I hate this. There's like a real horrible sales thing where people go, right, find your client's objections and then just smash them, prove why they're wrong. And I was thinking, <laughs> why would you do that? If someone's got an objection, they don't want to buy your stuff, you know, unless you're yeah. like out, you know, the walls are at the door, in which case you probably still shouldn't do it. But like, you know, just don't yeah. don't be a dick, basically. So hopefully let, more companies are, are kind of not being dicks at the moment. And I think kind of... Moving forward, that that could be one of the most positive changes that, that's happening for marketing. Companies are humbled and are now going to have to, you know, there's a phrase, someone bought me a book about 20 years ago called Waiting for Your Cat to Bark. Uh, it was actually bought by bought for me by a client of mine. And the whole principle is, if you're, if you're a business owner or you're a product manager or whatever, assuming you know what people want is just about the most deadly thing you can do. Mm. Absolutely shouldn't do it. So I really like this this thing that, that you're kind of talking about is because we've got a bit of breathing space or a lot of people have got a bit of breathing space. Don't mm. be afraid to ask people what they want. I mean, obviously not just what they want now, but just say, look, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're um, you know, we're renovating as it were, no matter what, what niche you're in. And for American listeners, I'm afraid it is niche, not niche. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever niche you're in, just just take stock ask people what they want check you're doing the right Luckily, thing absolutely uh, and and as a more fun example i've got another client um who i work with uh, more recently and they're looking at like expanding their product offering and they were looking to do it anyway but um it naturally lends itself like the idea we struck the other day with them was um then this might seem irrelevant after a few weeks. You know, I don't know how things are evolving. They're evolving every day. But suddenly we, we were looking at it. We were thinking, you know what? This is the kind of thing that you should be packaging up for a street party. You know, and and can you? And, and the other thing is, can you give some of this stuff away free for some street parties? Is there some PR there? So I, I know that I'm looking at, at sounding a bit more cynical there, but um, it's all about that. What what do your customers? What are your customers going to need when we get out of all of this? You know what I mean? Um, how, what are they going to be after then? Yes, it's it's fascinating. I mean, one of the things I really like about about this thing we do is we get to work with lots and lots of different industries. And um, it's the industries that I thought were going to struggle. I've got one client who exclusively imports things from China, and mm-hmm. I kind of assume that you know they're being dire straits, and they're actually. Their, their coping method is really, really good and they're doing fine. They're doing okay. Mm. So there, there's a lot of surprises and there's no harm in shaking up the industry. You know, they, everyone got this industry term that's always chucked about, about disrupting the industry. Well, shit, now's your chance. Yeah. Now's your chance to properly disrupt. Yeah, it is It is the opportunity to be, um, you know, the true entrepreneurs. You know, they're, they're the people that come out of this hopefully doing well, the people that look for opportunities. Uh, and I don't mean that in a nasty I way. I mean I really that in don't. a toilet I, roll and webcams way. 
No, no, no. I, mean, I need. I want to buy a new webcam. You can't buy webcams. I didn't. Wasn't intrinsically linking me on the toilet with webcams. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Uh, okay, so I'm not talking about the entrepreneurs that have just just jacked the price up uh, because supply and demand is now <laughs> dictating. Market forces are now saying that whatever they happen to be selling is extremely expensive. I, I'm, I'm talking more, I guess, around uh, you know the, the way you're dealing with your audience, uh, anticipating need in the future, and. Uh, and uh, taking stock of, of like where your business is at, and whether that's the the brand, the brand as a whole, or or whether it is just like the absolute basics. Um, you know, I've I've got a client saying that they want to spend loads of money on a web redesign. Um, they think they they think they want a new website, and it's all about that problem we're trying to solve, right? They think they want a new website, and I know it's going to cost them a lot of money uh, at an agency for that, and they don't have any leads coming in at the moment. And uh, so the first thing I did was I looked at um, a strategy deck that had been put together a while ago, which spoke all about what their brand was and what it meant. And it was all this stuff they'd been sitting on for ages and not done anything with. I took one look at the website and then thought, well, hold on, 80% of the content's now irrelevant compared to you know what you want to be doing. Um, you keep saying that you don't like your imagery and you want to update all of that. Let's just do it. Mm. Let's just get on an image search. Let's let's. We don't need a web redesign. Give me the CMS login. We'll log in. We'll figure it out. Do you know what I've I mean? Been, been doing a lot of the same thing. I spent a few hours yesterday just building in. Here's here's an actual SEO thing to do. Just uh, building internal links on a client site. Just checking all the pages linked together nicely. And you know by which I mean I was creating links in the text to relevant. And it's it's a job that I've not had time to do for a long time because. I wouldn't say we're ever busy fools, but when, you know, it's a mm. case of sometimes I think making hay while the sun shines. While you have got lots of leads or you're making lots of sales, you can kind of sort of be mm. running to keep up with that for, for such a you know, for such a long time that all these brilliant strategies that you've formulated don't actually happen. So so now's, now's mm. the time. It's, a pri- Sorry, it's just surprising how often people come to me and say, the question is, we want a new website. And the first thing is, Why? And they're like, because yeah. we want more sales. And so, what's wrong with your current website that's stopping it from selling? And they're like, oh, it's just yeah. a bit, you know, it's just a bit old. And I always want to say, yeah. why? <laughs> you know, yeah. Just replacing everything is, in fact, it's a fairly bad idea just to completely change your site if if it's been around for a while. You don't, you're talking about marketing being testing. If you if you change your entire website at once, that's a hell of a brutal test. You're far better off Tell tickling it in a little way and just making small changes that you can measure rather than you know, chucking the baby out with the bathwater and starting again. So this is an old uh, client, and uh, um, I think it's fair to say they were dr- a drum shop in Essex, I think they were. I can't remember now. I was living in London, and uh, so I think they were in Essex. No, oh, sorry, um, no, it wasn't Essex. But anyway, they were a drum shop, a family drum shop. They'd been around for like 30 years, maybe, 25, 30 years. And we were going into the Christmas period and they came to us. This is when I was working in search. And uh, they came to us because they're, they'd gotten in with a really flashy agency and they'd sold them this dream of completely doing a brand new website. So they'd had the same website since like 2002, mm, 2003. Brilliant. So it looked it looked and it looked really old school, but obviously it was fast as hell. I can say that the, uh, and, and the it, framework <laughs> behind it must have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was really the framework was great, and also one of the good things about it was you could just 
you could you went over a drop down menu, for example, of a product category, and then there was just a hundred products on this ridiculously long menu, which I know sounds like everything you would want to sort of recommend against, but there's certain industries I think where that kind of anti design works very well, mm. and. For drummers who are <laughs> often te- technical guys who just want to—I wasn't saying just want to hit stuff. <laughs> they just want to hit stuff. They just want to look at okay, what are all the products in that category? They want to be able to look at a long list of them, and because they kind of know roughly what they want, and then they want to start digging into it. They don't need this big full bleed imagery that takes an age to load. That's going to scroll through without them, you know, touching. And you've uh, anyway. No, so I just just want to interject that that you've neatly come back round to the idea. You've got to, you've got to check what your market wants. Oh, that that's really good point. Sorry. Actually, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. No, but but to your point on testing, I felt really sorry for these guys. Family business it was at least two generations there running it, um, and the father was trying to hand it over to the son, but uh, they'd gotten into bed, I guess, with this flashy agency, um, and they'd gotten rid of. Uh, all of their advice pages, so on how to buy a drum kit, all of the pages that ranked at Christmas time. I'm pulling when faces, the by the way. Were... You, know, you can't see me, but I'm, <laughs> I'm grimacing here. All the all the pages that ranked at Christmas time uh, for when parents were searching for like little Jimmy. Although we, I want to get him a drum kit, so how do I do that? All of these advice pages and and, and um, wonderful pieces of content that helped you through that process of buying a drum kit for the first time were all gone. So of course we were going into the run up to Christmas and the site tanked mm. and uh, I, this is tanked in like block capitals so there was nothing there and it's the first it was the only time like we were trying to do seo and ppc from the trenches it was like just right quick get some title tags on mm. there because there was it was all kind of gone and um get some get some meta descriptions so people can at least see what it is in the search results page uh, and, and what it's about and we were trying to do it and ppc obviously we're going for you know the, the keywords that were low competition we got them on google shopping all the things that you're supposed to be doing but um unfortunately it was absolutely tanking it's the only time we've ever recommended to anyone can you just go back to your old website please yeah and uh, they had it on a usb stick in like their <laughs> desk wow. drawer <laughs> they pulled out this usb stick and we did it we set the old website live unfortunately it was too little too late um but and, and they went under and and it's such a shame because you know of all the people i like helping people mm. and you know of all the people to help out you know a family business you know like that selling drums is, is, well, is the, one I'd the, want the to. crucial thing is that your website is a jigsaw of things it's, it's an it's a recipe it's a formula as is all your marketing and it alarms me sometimes that some business owners see the graphical element of their website as the largest part of the jigsaw puzzle and it's mm. kind of not I'm, i was going to say this will make me unpopular with designers but it won't it won't at all because really good designers good no really good designers understand <laughs> what we call ux which is user experience which is yeah it's nice that things look pretty but they've got to work so I nearly mm-hmm. swore then, which I, swearing's okay on this, but <laughs> recording this at home, so I have to think where my daughter is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. And uh, I mean, I can't even, we do a, a technical jargon, but we do everything in wireframing first and then test that. That's like so scribbling even, on like, a napkin for anyone who doesn't know what wireframing wire is. Basically, yeah, where everything's going to go. And then you sort of A-B test that with, with users. Go on, A-B and, test. And... <laughs> you have two versions so, and see which one works the best. But that's, that's it. it that's it you're good at you're good at breaking this down really quickly <laughs> uh you're keeping me on my toes but yeah it's it's all about that it's all about um how people are going to use it and i agree with you like nine times out of ten it's not about um getting a new website it's normally about 
running tests on your existing website, seeing what works, what doesn't work, and then kind of iterating it very, very slowly. And you can do that. I say very slow. It doesn't have to be slow. but Yeah, yeah you don't want to go too fast. And, and replacing the entire website is too fast, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's, it's unavoidable. But, yeah, the, these tiny little tests, the, I've been... I was going to say mucking about with it. I'm happy using that phrase. I've been mucking around with Google Optimize recently, which is which mm-hmm. is blowing my mind a bit because we're it's a free well, there's a free tier of it, as as with a lot of Google things, there's a free tier and then there's an insanely expensive tier. But what it does, it 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 does something very clever to your website that allows you to change elements of it so that for example, keeping it really basic, um, running it on a site at the moment, and we want to know if the background colour, I think, is grim. But because being mm. subjective is dangerous in marketing, I said, look, rather than me just saying this is grim, it should just be white, let's run a test. And it's mm. been, oh, we've been running about three months, actually, just because I like large data sets and other things have been <laughs> popping up. So using Google Optimize, which is free, and you don't have to be a developer or programmer to do it, um, Everyone who goes to the website, well, half the people see a white background, half the people see the original background, and that tells mm-hmm. us, with simple A-B testing, which one results in more sales, so which one drives conversions. And with this particular one, it'll make a stuff a difference, the colour, <laughs> which which <Yeah>. is an <laughs> answer. I mean, you know, with, with marketing testing, we always want kind of you know strong direction from our testing, but sometimes the answer is, meh, doesn't make much difference. Yeah, and, and other times it is because I've been in meetings with people. We had so last year, last summer, we had two Facebook ads. Oh, sorry, we had a Facebook ad. It had a pink background, which was the the um, brand colours, pink background, and it had worked really well, and um, and uh, and it had performed very well on Facebook the previous year, and it resulted in 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 signups, conversions, whatever we were tracking, um, and this designer that I was working with just happened to change it to purple, which is another brand colour of the mm. of the client. And then, of course, I I didn't think too much of it at the time, in a sense. I was trying to do a lot of um, juggling. We had a lot of ads to get done. So suddenly I had a pink ad that turned purple. Uh, one year it was pink, then it was purple. And, of course, quite, quite rightly, I was met with resistance. People said, well, hold on, it was pink last time and it worked really well. And I sort of just shrugged it off and said, why don't we just test it? Mm. So we did. We just did did a, a straight A-B test on Facebook. So half the audience got the pink, half the audience got the purple. And the purple won. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, there was no rationale to me changing it to purple. It was just pure pure blind luck. This, this, um, so this is the cool stuff. I didn't stuff. get to have that I told you so moment. <laughs> this is the cool stuff, though. I've, I've A-B testing doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, to I'll have to do an episode another time about it. But he, let me try to think of a really good example. Imagine one day um, you send out order confirmations, sign it off, yours truly, and the next day you sign off all your order notifications with yours faithfully and see which one gets the most result. It doesn't, you know, A-B testing can be super basic. We, We use technology to speed it up a lot of the time. But um, mm. I'm fascinated by it. I've, I've done tests that don't make a lick of sense and yet have made mm. kind of massive differences to things. And, it, and again, it's just that, that going back to that message of subjectivity and marketing is lethal. You know, if you could be as objective mm. as possible. And I've been in meetings have, having to explain to clients, look, this might sound absolutely insane, but I've been there enough times and made insane tests that have yeah. you know, come up with a wild, brilliant results. And it's, it's kind of worth a go. 
it's almost like the Sherlock Holmes quote, isn't it? Like if 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 you've eliminated all possibilities, no matter how unlikely that the, the the last one must be must yeah, be true yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of like that. And um, yeah, I mean, if I was in, if I was running an e-commerce site, I'd I'd be plumbing all of my money into quality, you know, A/B testing. Mm. And uh, I mean, if, funnily enough, um, I think the, the kind of the the cat's getting out of the bag a little bit as well because. Um, Channel 4 have run a documentary recently, very recently, on um, the truth behind Amazon. I can't remember exactly what it's called. And they're showing you like how one person might get a different price to someone else and one person will get a slightly different design of a page to someone else. And uh, there's there's little things you can do to kind of uh, trick the system as well. And uh, I haven't really gone into it all myself yet. But that's that, we used to do it. I, I was never dealing with the likes of Amazon, but I was dealing for a, a building um, supplies company that um, was a big e-commerce website with multi-million pounds uh, income a year. And uh, yeah, it was literally that. It was like, should we should we have the add to cart red or should we have it blue? Mm. Let's see what works best. It's cool. It's 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 the stuff that that I get a real kick out of, and and I know a lot of other people in in digital marketing do, because you can test these things with off. Hey, I'm about to use jargon. Offline advertising, by which I generally just mean bits of paper. <laughs> um, but it's just a lot faster with digital or you know on, online marketing. Okay, we've we've chatted for quite a while, Luke, and without an agenda, I think we've done fairly well. Um, yeah, really. I do, well, ho- hopefully, it's an opportunity for people to take a bit of stock. I think and um, think about their audience and uh, kind of hopefully plan for the future because we will get out of this the other side. The world will be a different place, but. Um, you know, hope, hopefully this is an opportunity for people to take time instead of uh, just panicking, you know? I think that's the absolute best takeaway there, Luke. So thanks a lot. Um, is there anything you want to kind of... What's the word? Anything you want to hype? Anything you want to promote? What about your own podcast? <laughs> do you want to tell the listeners about your own podcast? Yeah, so I do a film podcast with a friend of mine. Uh, go to onesensationalshot.com and you can find us there. Is number one or um, O-N-E? Oh, that's a really good point. O-N-E. Test it. See which works best. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's based off a, a line from a, a very obscure George Lucas documentary from the early seventies. But and, and speaking of which, we tend to deal with a lot of our favourite films from the seventies and eighties. And um, we've got an episode coming up at the moment about Ben Stiller, uh, and we look through Ben Stiller, uh, at Ben Stiller's career through the prism of uh, a Hollywood uh, as a director and really as a as a great satirist. I think it's he's had two kind of careers or three really. He's had like the family comedy um, career. He's had the, um, the the box office lead career. But as a director, uh, he's actually a great satirist. Um, so we we look at that. Um, and the company I work for at the moment is Born in Norwich, and they're a great bunch of people. I'm very happy. How's the, how's Born um, spelled? B O R N E. Cool. So there's just so there's several different spellings for Bourne, isn't there? Yeah, you're quite right. And there's several different companies called Bourne, which is, uh, which I, is I, also very interesting. I've, I started a company called Best Badgers. I haven't, I haven't owned any of it for a long time. I started a company called Best Badgers about 20 years ago. And when I mentioned to people, they still say, what, like the woodland animals? <laughs> anyway, um, as as listeners can probably tell, Luke, Luke and I have kind of known each other. We've kind of been friends for a long time. And this conversation could cheerfully go on. Um, probably for hours actually but it it can't it has to stop so i'm going to say thank you ever so much luke i've really enjoyed this and we want to get you back um perhaps with an agenda and a bit more focus and um (laughs) that's it really thanks a lot for listening and please like subscribe and do all that fun stuff until the next time i'm going to say goodbye bye-bye 